Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Carr, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Pas, which is Parent Talk's French edition. And you can join me live on the web at Nikki Radio every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, I do a parenting segment. And if you don't have the time to catch those two segments live, you can find them both in a podcast form on the website, Nikki Radio. .ca, so N-I-K-Y radio.ca. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hi, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk, and I am also a mom of two. So today, Jen and I would love to invite you all to come and see us at the birth fair, where everything pregnancy and baby is under one roof. We will be at the Coast Langley Hotel for this fun event both days, March 7th and 8th. This is a perfect place for anyone who is expecting and their family and friends, anyone thinking of starting a family, anyone with a new baby, birth professionals or anyone who has a pregnant woman or baby to shop for. The birth fair also has different seminars all day long so you leave feeling educated and empowered. We really hope to see you there. Awesome and we will be recording with some of those experts too so Heather will be there and if you want to join our recordings we would love to have you as part of our audience. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Heather, can you tell us about our sponsor? Yes, I'd love to tell everyone about Leapfrog Gymnastics here in Coquitlam. Hudson and Alex have been having such a great time in their class. The boys are going through super fun circuits made up of specialized mats and equipment where they work on those important skills such as body and spatial awareness, strength and balance, and of course, those great social skills. As a sponsor, Leapfrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off their first month of classes for new members only with the promo code parent talk so for more information on programming and birthday parties visit leapfroggym.com hope to see you guys there yes we love to go there every week so we'd love to see you there so today we are talking about starting solid and we have with us katie reitzma katie is a mom of two she is a registered holistic nutritionist with a special focus in pediatric nutrition. Hi, Katie. Welcome to Parent Talk Podcast. Hi. Thanks so much for having me on here. It's so great to have you. So many questions for you today. Starting solid. That's a big one, huh, Heather? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember when you started with your little one? Well, yes, because we just kind of got through that phase. When we're just, <laughs> yeah, we're in the midst of it. So, yeah. Still in it. We're still in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's so fresh. <laughs> I am super passionate about infant nutrition, especially having two infants at home myself. Um, but evidence shows that, you know, introducing iron has shown to have a beneficial impact on IQ at age eight. And that's just one example. I mean, I really, really love starting at the very beginning of somebody's life and setting them up, setting up that foundation of nutrition and health so that we can 
guide them into the rest of their healthy life, right? We're starting their relationship with food on a positive note right from the very beginning. And so, yeah, I I kind of grappled with a few different areas of nutrition in nutrition school and I thought, what am I going to specialize in? What do my, what am I most passionate about? Is it sports nutrition? Is it what is it? And so I really just kept coming back to pediatric nutrition. I was the one student asking like, okay, but what does this mean for pregnancy and babies (laughs) and so it just kept coming back to that that's before I had kids and so I just have this passion of you know starting at the very beginning that's so cool so how do you know when our baby is ready to start solid yeah so there's multiple signs of readiness is what people often refer to them as signs of readiness and that's how to know your baby is ready to start and so there are some non-negotiables um which are signs to hold off like your baby is not ready yet so if your baby has a tongue suckling reflex If they still have that, and that's when you bring your finger to their lips or a spoon to their lips and they're sticking their tongue out. That's an involuntary reflex that is is going to naturally go away around six months of age, generally speaking. Um, But if that's still present, then it's going to be... And and difficult experience. You're going to be trying to put food into the mouth when there's a muscle reflex that they don't control that keeps pushing it out. And so that's one thing. You have to wait until that goes away because it's an indicator that if they're not in control of that muscle reflex, they're not that that could be a choking hazard. We want them to be in full control when it comes to swallowing. Um, and then head and neck control. We want that to be present. So that is a non-negotiable as well. You have to make sure that they have that. Um, and then I, I like to mention weight. So weight, a, a baby will lose weight immediately after birth, right? And then gain it back. Um, but then they are more likely to plateau in their weight rather than actually start dropping it. So if they start losing weight as an infant, then it may not be a sign to start them on solid, solid foods, but it may mean that they need more calories. And sometimes that means supplementing breast milk with formula that's more calorie dense. So those are some non-negotiables that you just have to consider. Um, other ones are like so many of you listening have probably probably had your baby Cirque du Soleil across the table (laughs) or like out of your arms grabbing at your food like yeah just trying to get it into themselves and so an increased interest in your food is definitely a positive sign but of course if they don't have head and neck control like they could be just as interested in a toy (laughs) they are not ready to actually eat your food Um, and then pediatricians will say either 12 pounds or four months so whichever comes first but I I like to say that you really have to look at these signs these non-negotiables listen to your baby watch your baby because some babies are born at six pounds are born premature some babies are born at um, 10 pounds right and so when they reach 12 pounds is going to change per baby. And so just make sure that that tongue suckling reflex is gone. They have head and neck control. They have an interest. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I say is to look at the whole picture. Because it's also about gut development, right? With little ones. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So there's so many different ways to start solid. Um, the traditional way, like puree, and now we talk a lot about baby-led weaning. So can you talk to us about those two methods? Yeah, absolutely. So the baby-led weaning is offering foods in their whole forms. So if you go to like a hashtag BLW or baby-led weaning and you might see what I would say is not the way to offer whole foods. You do not want to offer a whole cucumber with the skin on it. That's a choking hazard. A whole apple with the skin on it or a pear, that's a choking hazard. And it's a harsh fiber. Um, You want to steam those foods and peel it because peels can accumulate in the roof of their mouth. And they're, you know, between six and 10 months, a baby only has their bottom two center teeth. And so most babies, depending on the baby, right? And so there's a lot of gums. Gums are very strong, very capable of breaking down food, but peels, not so much. So I recommend soft foods, textured foods, matchsticks, things that are not, that are going to break down easy and not pose a choking hazard. And so I do recommend that, although I'm not against purees at all. And so purees actually came into like it became a thing in night like around 1930s and so if you think about why did puree purees become a a thing why did that hit the market why did it become you know the principal way that parents started to feed their babies and it was really i i look at refrigeration i look at the the women now working outside of the home so we had fridges that ice would actually be delivered to houses. It was like the Amazon of the 1930s <laughs> because the Amazon Prime, um, and they called it ice harvesting and you would order a block of ice because fridges didn't actually hit the, like we're not in all the homes until the late 1930s. So in the 19, you know, 30, when pablum became a company for example you have hot water and you have rice cereal that sort of thing so that took off because we had cabinets <laughs> we had cabinets lined with tin and we ordered ice to keep our food cold so we needed shelf stability and women were now filling the roles of men who went to war and so for the first time in history women were out working outside of the home taking care of their children keeping house, cooking food, and they were given an option to add hot water (laughs) and have a healthy food and um, and healthy food. And they were also promised that it was a nutrient enriched and all of that other good stuff, Um, which it probably was, right? And so that's why it became a thing, right? Blenders didn't even come out until the late 1920s. And so for nearly 100 years, that's why purees hit the market. And we've been eating purees ever since. And so I like baby-led weaning for many reasons, but for one is it's the more traditional way of, you know, humans eating. So I did the puree route with Madeline, just mostly pure, purely on my personal preference to I really wanted to feed feed her. Totally. <laughs> but, um, but now kind of we're at that point where she does need to be introduced to more textures. And so how do I start to transition from the purees to more solid types of food? Because the few times that we kind of have started to venture, I noticed she got like she does the gag a lot to the point where she actually will vomit. So yeah, I just want to know how to actually get her to that point where she can actually start practicing chewing. 
Absolutely. And the gag reflex does recede at certain times. Um, generally around six months, it will be the, the back one third of the mouth. And so it's it's usually receded, um, but it's difficult, right? And I actually really like that you embraced purees because sometimes people think that you know they're not doing it right or they're failing or something and it's completely fine if you want to do purees that's the great way to nourish your baby and it's a nice experience for you as a mom too and so I would say to transition slowly because we want to retain that positive experience with eating right if it's a negative gagging experience every time they're going to start to have a disinterest in mealtime, right? And so do it slowly by adding maybe chia seeds, letting them soak in a nut milk if there's no allergies present. You know, bulk it up a little bit until it turns into a yogurt. So, you know, you can look up the recipe. Um, It's everywhere online, just like chia yogurt. Um, You can introduce steel-cut oats just for some bulky kind of different texture. Um, Quinoa is another one. And then even shredded chicken. And so I know this sounds like that will definitely make my daughter uh, gag. She's purely vegetarian right now. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Okay, for those of you who don't have vegetarian babies then. Only because I've been scared to give her meat. Because I'm like, how does she chew meat? No, I I was joking. Completely. She's purely vegetarian only because that's what period. Generally are. <laughs> that's that's true, and you there's the fear of recalls as well, right? Right. Yes. Um, with meat products, but what I when I suggest um, doing any kind of animal product or food, um, I do want people to consider one animal welfare, but also the quality of the meat. I mean, if you think about it, um, a, a cow that was raised in a barn with no sunlight and, you know, standing in its own feces was a miserable cow and probably an unhealthy cow, you know, possibly an inorganic one that had antibiotics. And so the the end product of what you're getting when you buy conventional meat is, you know, welfare aside – meat is only as healthy as the animal that it came from and so lots of studies have shown that like um, there's higher vitamin d in products that come from animals that had more sunlight and ate the grass and their natural diet and so get high quality meat if you're going to do the meat route so if you're going to embrace that go high quality babies don't eat that much anyway it's going to last a long time but (laughs) um shredded chicken for an example if you boil chicken, and I know probably, like, I don't know if you've boiled chicken, but you can boil chicken in water, and then it's a great way to cook it thoroughly, but then shred it afterwards. You can take two forks and just pull them in opposite directions, shred it up, and then you have sort of like a tuna can flake consistency. So it's not a choking hazard. It's not super dry and sticky and like hard to work around the mouth. And then you can like, Start offering foods like that as you feel comfortable. Um, But yeah, make sure that you're comfortable too because the energy that you're projecting is also going to be received by your baby. Yeah. (laughs) So what about things like crackers and little foods that melt in their mouth? Yeah. So there's some great brands and there's some brands to avoid. But one that's not sponsored uh, in any way, but I love and I always recommend is by the company Love Child Organics. And it's, yeah. And there's this um, product called Love Ducks that 
the ingredients check out. It's dehydrated vegetables for the flavoring. And they're shaped like a duck, like an S. They're super cute. (laughs) They're so cute. And it's great for dexterity, for hand-to-mouth coordination and just gripping the food. And then it's, it's, um, it's, it's great for like it just kind of melts in their mouth. I do also want to recommend a device. So transitioning to more bulky foods and, you know, when you're going from purees and you're worried about choking, there's this product by a company called Boone. It's not the only company that does it, but I have this one and I absolutely love it. And it's almost like a soother, but it's a handle and then you there's a compartment that you can put food in. If you want to do something for food, Um, teething you can put frozen fruit in there but there's holes in this little silicone compartment yes and so you lock it in into this soother thing and then there's holes so it promotes chewing which is what we like about baby led weaning is that we want them to learn how to and get into the habit of chewing their food before swallowing it and so this is helping them transition to that without any kind of choking hazard because the food's already getting broken down and chewed and then seeping through those little holes Right. Yeah. So what are the big no-nos? So there's a few no-nos when starting solids. And I'll just list off a few. So circular cuts of food you don't want to do. That's a choking hazard. Do matchsticks. And that's for baby led weaning, of course. So if you're going to cut foods, soften them. Do matchsticks. Honey. You don't want to give honey before the age of one. Um, and corn syrup, if you can avoid corn syrup as well, because those can lead to a bacterial infection uh, called botulism. And so we want to avoid that. We also want to invo- avoid sticky vitamins. They're usually three years plus on the label, but just avoid anything that will stick together like marshmallows. Marshmallows are horrible. I know you're not going to start with marshmallows. <laughs> solid foods with marshmallows. <laughs> hey, do you want some marshmallows? But so just in healthy. case anybody out there is <laughs> thinking about it, marshmallows around on the you know coffee table, just really watch that. And you're talking about the big marshmallows here, the big ones, yeah. the small ones. They all clump and stick together, and they're they're notorious for clogging um, like life saving instruments and stuff. And we just don't want any of that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, hot, hot, hot foods. You want to check the temperatures and avoid bread and white pasta and potatoes um, until yeah. 10 to 16 months. I know. I piqued but your interest. <laughs> but I always talk like the fingers of little toast and stuff. I know. It's really popular online and it's promoted a lot. So there's enzymes that chemically break down food right like the pac-man that break down food so we mechanically break down food with our jaw when we chew it but we need to chemically break it down so that we can get all those micronutrients and you know absorb them through our gut and so amylase is responsible is the enzyme responsible for breaking down uh, carbohydrates and starches and a lot of foods have that But some foods don't. And the babies don't develop this enzyme. They don't produce it until between 10 and 16 months of age. And so all all of us sitting here in this room, as adult women, we produce amylase. So that's why people say, chew your food 30 times, (laughs) right? Like if you're going to have white rice, then 
you, you chew it and it gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter because it's chemically breaking down in your mouth. Amylase gets secreted through the pancreas and through your saliva when you chew. Chewing is like the signal for your body to release enzymes. And so when we chew, then that amylase comes into the mouth, which is where starches and carbs are broken down. It's in the mouth. Um, and we have that. So we have that enzyme. Babies don't. And so it's often okay because things like beets and broccoli and sweet potatoes and yams, those all are foods that have amylase. So even though your baby doesn't produce it, the food is like, don't worry, I got it. Just eat me. It'll it'll <laughs> chemically break down. <laughs> like just, okay. yeah, whatever. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but pot- potatoes, like russet potatoes and white potatoes. It's so funny. You would think mashed potatoes. It's like, right? But it's so funny because both my kids, when I've given it to them, just like here, we're having mashed potatoes. They both hated it actually. Really? Most kids like, love it. Oh, you see yeah, my, both kids, my kids. Both of my kids don't like mashed potatoes yeah. either. Really? Yeah. And I tried, and even tonight we add shepherd's pie, and they will eat the corn and the meat, and they will leave the mashed potato out. And I know because when I was younger, I loved it. Same. They're so in tune. Mm. (laughs) Well, because often there's no signs, right? You can give fries to a baby, and there's no signs. Sometimes gas, maybe. Sometimes digestive signs or poopy signs. But often there's no signs because we don't feel our gut (laughs) you know like we don't have we don't feel the food going through and you know peristalsis like going making it go all the way down and so there can be inflammation happening and damage happening without us even knowing and that's why a lot of things that manifest symptoms that manifest in the elementary school years which is when a lot of things are diagnosed hyperactivity learning challenges things like that it's because the body can cope It's designed to cope. We're designed to survive. So our bodies have mechanisms and ways of coping until years go by and the body's shutting down. It's like, you know what? I cannot cope anymore. And then that's when symptoms manifest. And so, yeah, that's why I... That's why I think that uh, you want to avoid that um, white pasta you want to avoid. But there's other options like rice pasta is super fun and you can get big packages at Whole Foods for like $3 and feed your whole family. So you don't have to make a bunch of different meals in the case of baby led weaning again. I talk about this a lot and um, you can just make like a big batch of you know, rice pasta or lentil pasta and then put some aside for your baby and bulk yours up with veggies or whatever you want. Awesome. So is there a right way or a wrong way to start solid? I guess it could be depending on your child too or what do you think? I think that it depends on what you're comfortable with as the parent. There's no real wrong way. There's dangerous things to do, of course, which is what like the honey and the no-nos, right? Um, but but really it's what you're most comfortable with. Because like I said, for the last almost century now, we've been having purees, right? We've been doing what our parents did and our parents' parents did. And so we've we're all okay (laughs) we're all okay we We all made made it it. (laughs) we made it and so what you're comfortable with it as the parent it's your baby you do what you want to do and what you feel comfortable with 
Now, can baby lead weaning actually cause choking though? Because you hear about the more dangers of that. And then of course now seeing my daughter when she's being introduced to these more solid foods, you know, that's something that, you know, can be a worry for parents. Right. And so this actually does come up with a lot of concerned parents, rightfully so, because you would think that, you know, that would equate into choking. Um, It actually has not shown to cause an increased amount of choking when offering baby led weaning foods, um, matchsticks and things, what I promote, um, and soft foods. The challenge is, is that when a baby has been taught to swallow food, like in the case of purees, then they don't have that habit established to first chew the food. And so bulking it up and doing that transition time, like we spoke about, will be really beneficial in that case. Um, But in any other case, when you're introducing foods for the first time and they have not done purees and you're choosing to do baby lid weaning options, like matchsticks and bulky foods, steel cutouts, those sort of things, um, then it can actually be really, really great because it teaches your child to eat in the following steps. One, chew the food. Two, swallow the food. And so that can carry on into later life um, and prevent choking. And gagging actually is a practice mechanism in order to teach your baby and your body's mechanisms to like prevent choking <laughs> and mm-hmm. get the food out and stuff. And so, yeah, not mm-hmm. not – it does not cause choking. <laughs> yeah, because I know a lot of people get mixed up too with what choking and gagging and the difference between. Yes. And gagging is what you're going to hear mm-hmm. where they th- where choking is actually silent. Yes. Say, right? So, yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly. very important a lot of, to Exactly, yes. yeah. Because a lot of people think when their babies are gagging that they're choking, but they're not. That's actually their body's natural reflex to get the food out and to prevent choking, right? So right. obviously you're encouraging the coughing and you're doing all that with baby as they're kind of going through that but to be watching for the silent right you yourself cough at your babies because they will might likely mimic mimic you and take your cue to do so um and then gagging can have silent interruptions so it'll be like the tongue kind of thrusting outward and a silent pause followed by teary eyes and sort of a gagging sound but there's those are the sounds right when they're working the food out Whereas choking is total obstruction um, of the airway and that we don't want that. So don't wear your earphones like when you're, put, you know, feeding your baby in the stroller. Don't feed them in the car when you can't see them, you know, no, those sort of things. that's so important, right? Yeah. Especially when you start. Important. Sorry, to also eat in front of your little one too. They say mm-hmm. it's important to eat with them so they see you taking bites and chewing and stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it can look really silly and feel really silly to do that. Even talking to your baby all the time. Like it just, it feels so silly, but all of these things are so beneficial. They are watching you, studying you, and then mimicking you. And so if you just open up your lips and let them see that your teeth and your jaws going up and down and you're breaking down the food, they will realize, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do with this. <laughs> and honestly, be prepared for a lot of the food to come out, right? Whether it's puree or solid foods, a lot of it will just come back out. And that's okay because we're training the digestive system. We're training their immune system even when starting solids. And so foods foods before one are really for fun. 
They're for fun. Uh, They're getting their nutrients met through either formula or breast milk. With the exception with exclusively breastfed infants, then they will need a top-up of iron at around six months of age. But besides that, most of their nutrients are going to be met already. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's complementary foods. So how would you prepare baby led winning food? We want some examples. (laughs) Yeah, great question. So baby led weaning foods specifically, um, there's – so some foods you want to steam – Fiber is great because it feeds the the gut bacteria and we want that, right? We want probiotics naturally to be occurring. Those are the bacteria in the gut or the intestinal tract, if you will, um, that are not pathogenic. So we want a nice um, microbiome happening and fiber feeds that. However, some fiber is very harsh. One is called pectin and it's in apples, it's in pears, it's in carrots, even tomatoes. Those are a high pectin food. And so those foods you would want to steam or boil to break down some of that harsh fiber um, and peel it. So let's say you're going to offer apple. You want to peel it and then slice it up how you want, and then just steam it, you know, over a boil, or even boil it itself. Um, Steaming is probably the easier option. You can even bake it, but it might make the apple a little bit rubbery. And so steam it up, break it down. Um, If you want to puree it, then blend it up. But that's a pretty simple way. Uh, Rice is great. Uh, You can actually, I like to suggest to boil and replace the water that you would put rice in to cook it with bone broth if you buy it just watch the sodium content but you can easily make your own if you you know have some time and you want to put it some bones in a crock pot (laughs) um antibiotic free bones but yeah you just kind of make something that's going to work for your baby but then also that you can add on for the rest of your family so that you're not living in the kitchen and dirtying all these dishes like no mom wants to go through that. <laughs> and then, of course, I do want to insert that you want to offer one food at a time. Um, so offer one food every three to five days. And then it's compounding, right? Because if there were any reactions, rashes, swelling, any kind of poopy issues, they will manifest within to the food within about five days. Like strawberries are notorious for having five-day reactions and so that doesn't mean that your baby is having one food at a time for their like first year of eating it's compounding so let's say you start off with avocado you mash up avocado or you slice it into sections and you let them play with it um, or you warm it up and give it as like a different temperature option right who knows what your baby's gonna fall in love with so you offer avocado No reactions for three to five days. Whatever you choose is your length of time. So then the next food, let's say, is wild deboned salmon. That's an allergenic food. So, you know, whoever, whatever you want to start with. But um, it's healthy and you can offer that and make sure that you flake it down. But you can offer that with avocado. Because now if there's any new reaction, it will be to the newest food because that's the only thing that's different, right? And so then your next food can be, say, white rice, just for naming examples. And then you can go 
oh, okay, now I can give avocado with wild salmon and white rice. <laughs> and so they're going to build some variety in their diet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what is the social norm or acceptance of baby led weaning in, in general these days? It's really, really accepted. Mm-hmm. So, there, I mean, there's always those pockets of people that are really, really against one or the other. They're against purees or they're against baby led weaning. But in general, I feel like society in general is very accepting as like, you do you, mama. You know, everybody's like, oh, you did purees? I'm doing baby led weaning. And so there's really this acceptance um, around the whole topic. I haven't had... I promote both, but heavily I lean on baby led weaning just because of the benefits that I see are there. And yeah, I've I've only had positive responses to it. Mm, so have you done baby led weaning with both of your children? Yes, I have. And you had their one yes, one no, right? Yeah, so Hudson did baby led weaning and then um, just because he had a delay with the gagging reflex. And mm-hmm. so um, because he didn't really start solids till closer to 11 months, he was like, don't feed me, mom, I got this. So he did baby led <laughs> yeah, weaning. Yeah, he was older, right? <laughs> he was older. Yeah, for my Where, first yeah. one, I did uh, traditional puree because that's what I knew. And I knew a little bit better with the number two. So I did baby led weaning and I loved it. I it's really so it. fun. And yeah. it's so I'm easy. I'm loving puries right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love our time together yeah. eating. I love it. <laughs> so, Katie, we can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? You can find me doing lots of daily informative posts on Instagram at liveitwellnutrition. I'll say that again, liveitwellnutrition. And my website, liveitwellnutrition. I also have YouTube and pretty much if you just look for me somewhere at liveitwellnutrition, you'll find something from me. Um, But yes, I have a heavy presence on Instagram where I do a lot of informative posts that you can implement into your daily lives, which I like to just do my part to help anybody out. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Katie and Heather, for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best parents we can be. Don't forget, if you want to hear a little bit about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you are are near us, don't forget to check out Leapfrog Gymnastics and get your $25 off your first month of classes with the promo code PARENTTALK. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard. So remember, it's important to laugh, Keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate, but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.